0: Amen. You can sit now. Thank you. Glory to God. God is good. Hey, come on, God's on the move. God's doing something awesome. Amen. Uh, God's doing great things in the house. We had Holy Spirit encounter night on Wednesday. Uh, The word of the Lord was flowing. We had four or five people all get up and share different things. I don't even know. It might have been more than that. Different things that the Lord spoke to them. So we're hearing the Holy Spirit. We're moving with the Holy Spirit. And the is accomplishing what he wants to do in this day and in this hour. It is very rare that I actually get to preach a message where it's not in a series. Today is one of those days. And today what I want to talk to you about is testimony. Testimony. What is your testimony? What do you have to say about the Lord? Too often, guys, we miss the testimony. We miss sharing the testimony let me ask you a question what has God done in your life has he done anything in your life I know he's done some things in my life he's done some amazing things in my life what has he done in your life I talk all I talk a lot about different things I talk especially like with with Jerry the different healings that we've even seen in praying with her Oh, by the way, the person with the stones that we prayed for, they weren't healed when we prayed for them either. And they still got healed. And so God heals even though they're not in the room. It's awesome. All right. i I'm, right, I'm, I'm. Testimonies. I told you that uh, we started this prayer and healing team. I want to share some testimonies with you this morning. I have a list in my phone of the testimonies that we've seen. I want to share them with you this morning. Why? Because there's power in testimony. There's power in testimony. The word instructs. The Bible tells us, remember the testimonies. Keep the testimonies. Tell your children and your children's children the testimonies. Why? Because Revelation chapter 10, chapter 19, verse 10, and I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, this is John referring to an angel that he sees, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I want to cue in on one piece of this scripture right here. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy means to foretell the future. We're telling you what's going to happen. And so when we talk about the testimonies of what God has done, we are speaking the prophecies of what God's going to do. Because he's a God who doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The theological term is immutable. He doesn't change. He's always the same. If he did it before, he'll do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is unchanging. So when we testify about what he's done, we're we're prophesying about what he'll do. When we testify about what he's done, we're prophesying about what he'll do. How often do we talk about the prophecies? How often do we talk about the testimonies? In talking about testimonies, we're actually talking about prophecies. How often do we talk about the testimonies of what God has done? What do we talk about when we sit around our kitchen table with with our children? What do we talk about when we sit with our friends? Do we talk about what God has done? Or do we talk more about the problems? And do we talk more about what he didn't do? And do we talk more about what we don't understand? One is not easier than the other. It's no harder to remember what God did versus what he didn't do. We've just trained ourselves one way or the other. We've only just trained ourselves one way or the other. How have you been trained? Are you willing to change? The Word of God says, keep the testimonies, share the testimonies. What have we trained ourselves to do? What do we do? How many testimonies do you share? How often are you talking about what God has done? There used to be a song. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. DJ is just the same. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. What has he done? What has he done? What has he done? Sometimes. What has he done? Come on. Pull out your car right now. I want every single testimony that you know of written down on your card. Fill the thing up. I want to read testimonies this week. There ain't enough room. room. Glory to God. Send me an email. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12. David says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all of your work, and talk of your marvelous deeds. I'm going to remember what the Lord's done. I'm going to talk about what the Lord has done. I'm going to keep bringing it up, what the Lord has done, until you're sick of hearing about it. Because every time I tell you what God has done, I'm prophesying to you for about what he's going to do. We started seeing healings in 2019. Shortly after that, the Lord, the Lord spurred me... Start keeping a record of the testimonies. Start keeping a record of the testimonies. And so I have. It's not a a complete list. I didn't do a great job. But here it goes. I don't know if we have time. Praise God. We do. I'm being facetious. In October of 2019, healing started here at Redeeming Love. Elizabeth Beck's knee was healed right here in the middle of worship. As you can see, she still has a knee brace on today. In the middle of service, when her knee was healed, I called her up on the, on the platform to give, to give testimony. And so she testified about what she had done. And we said, is there anyone else in the room that has a knee that needs to be healed? And that day, five other people's knees were healed in this room. They're healed to this day. Kathy was one of those people that had her knee healed. She was standing in the back over there. She was on the usher team, and she was all the way in the back by the door, and when she raised her hand, the only person that saw her was a little four-year-old girl that was sitting over here where Jim was sitting, is sitting, and so the little four-year-old girl goes over and prays for Kathy, and Kathy's knee got healed, and Kathy's knee is healed to this day. Tim Austin was sitting over here. They surrounded him, and they prayed for him, and his knee is healed to this day. Three other people in the room were here and their knee got healed and their knees are healed to this day. Before the end of the day, I think, Elizabeth lost the healing in her knee and the pain returned. Why did that happen? I don't know. I only share her part of the testimony because it leads to a greater part of the testimony. If it wasn't for five other knees getting healed, I wouldn't talk about the pain in her knee. I don't want to talk about what God didn't do. I want to talk about what God did do. But in talking about what happened with Elizabeth's knee, I have the ability to say, I don't know why she lost hers and why these others stuck, but that's what happened that day. God, sh- God healed five knees. Five people didn't need knee replacement surgery. Praise God. <laughs> five surgeries didn't have to happen. We're saving the doctor's work. costing the money, but that's okay. That's how this whole thing started. George Rago had his heart healed. He came up to the prayer line. We had a healing prayer line. He came up to the healing prayer line. He said, Pastor Matt, I've got this wound right here where they put the pacemaker in, and it won't heal. And I said, I'll pray for the wound to heal, but I'm going to pray for your heart, that you won't need the pacemaker. So that's what we prayed. And I prayed, you wouldn't need the pacemaker. And so he calls me from the hospital 10 days later. Oh, no. We're praying for healing, and now he's in the hospital. He's like, the wound wouldn't heal, so I went to the hospital. Pastor Matt, they did an x-ray. They can't find the pacemaker. They can't find the pacemaker. It's not there. Calls me back the next day. They did the scans of my heart. They're not putting another pacemaker in. My heart's fine. This is a God who answers prayer. Amen. 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 Same prayer line, we had a lady standing right here, and um, she had this lump on her back about the size of a ten, half a tennis ball, and I'm just going through the prayer line, and I prayed for her husband, and then I go to pray for her, and I go to put my hand on her shoulder, and he starts pointing to the back, and I go, and I'm like, on the back? And he's like, yeah, right here. He's like, put your hand right here, and he pushed my hand, put, touches her back. This thing, I'm telling you, it stuck out like a tennis ball underneath my hand on her back. I prayed, we come to church the next Sunday, and she's sitting over here where Kathy's sitting on the back row, and as I come to walk out, she's like, (laughs) she had to tell me. She's like, the lump's gone. That lump last week, it's gone. The lump's gone. God, is so good. Elbow pain gone, foot pain gone, back pain gone multiple times. Josh has an anointing to heal for back pain. Uh, He healed my back. He prayed, He prayed. God healed my back. And so if you have back pain, I'm going to send you to Josh. I don't know why. I don't understand. But if, if you have back pain, you come up for pain in back, I'm going to have Josh pray for you. He has better results than I do. I don't know. I don't, can't explain this. Janice prays for people that can't sleep. People sleep. I don't have all the answers. It's a walk of faith, not an, a walk of understanding. We do this by faith, not by sight. Chronic constant pain in the arms and the legs, completely gone. Swollen thyroid healed, completely normal. Uh, Jerry May's daughter, thyroid, completely healed. Carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, completely healed. Zach couldn't make a fist for a year and a half. Came one Wednesday night, completely healed. Kidneys healed. Nancy had her her kidneys completely healed. The doctor's looking at the scans, and he's like, I've got the wrong scans. These can't be yours. They're too clean. Walks out of the room, goes to the nurse. The nurse comes back, looks through the scans that she's got on her desk, comes back in, looks at the scans on the board, walks out of the room. The doctor comes back in, looks at the scans on the board, and says, what happened here? I don't know what happened here. What happened here? And Nancy says, you know exactly what happened here. My church prayed for me. Come on. (laughs) We gave that testimony about the kidneys being healed. Daniel's kidneys was healed. They go to the doctors when he was born. They said, no, his kidneys are are in bad shape. He may have to have surgery in a few months. They go back a month later, and boom, kidneys are healed. They're fine, completely normal. (laughs) This is why testimony is important. This is why I want you to write it down. Send me an email. Got that much? Warts and mold removed. We had that testimony. Internal hemorrhoids were healed. I don't know that we're going to have that guy come up and give a testimony because, you know, this is kind of a sensitive thing. But came here. He had an appointment on Tuesday. And he said, I need prayer. We prayed. He came back on, uh, this was on Saturday. came in on Sunday. He said, I'm healed. Went to the doctor. The doctor said, you're fine. He had had an appointment for the procedure. He's fine. Psoriasis all over the body healed. Uh... Allison gave that testimony, COVID symptoms gone. When Allison gave the testimony for the psoriasis being healed, that same day we prayed, there was someone sitting here in the church who had COVID symptoms, they couldn't smell, they couldn't taste food, and that same day, from that moment on, they began, they got all their taste back. They got all their taste back, they got all their smell back. Anybody here need need healing from COVID symptoms right there? Stand to your feet, anybody, across the room, anybody else, you need healing from COVID symptoms, previous COVID, you still got symptoms, you still got something. Right now, in Jesus' name, we pray for the healing power of God to flow and touch and restore better than new, God, no more, uh, no more inability to smell, no more inability to taste, no lingering cough, no lingering conditions whatsoever in Jesus' name. Restored to full health in Jesus' name. This is who God is. This is what he does. He did it before. He'll do it again. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. Amen. We could do this all day long. We could literally do this all day long. Um, Shoulder injury healed. Erica came to a Wednesday night. She couldn't lift her arm above here. We started to pray. Within seconds, she's got full range of mobility. Completely healed. Back pain for four days. Jim had back pain for four days. We prayed. Instantly healed. Skin condition for a little boy. Same night. Uh, he came up. He got healed. Someone uh, was here. They had tachycardia, which is a heart condition. They had called the ambulance on this guy twice because he was doing, like, light yard work. He came. He got prayer. He went out in uh, It was like 98-degree heat earlier this summer, and he worked for four to six hours trimming the shrubs and doing heavy work, and his heart's fine. That condition in his heart, it's completely fine. God healed him. Eye pain, leaking tears, completely healed. Word of knowledge for eyes. I haven't even told you about Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even in there. <laughs> Kathy. I don't, it was 2021? Yeah, yeah, a year and a month ago. Kathy goes into the hospital, pain. And next thing we know is like two weeks later, they're like, she's got five days to live. This was a year and a month ago. <laughs> she's got five days to live. We said, it wasn't just me. Kathy knows more people than there are in this church. Like, you could triple this church, and that's still more. She knows more people than that. Everyone she knows started praying, People from this church went down to the hospital because you couldn't go inside. So they went out and they stood outside and they looked at her window. They figured out which window they thought was hers. And they were just like, we pray healing in Jesus' name. If they're off by a window, that didn't matter because she got healed. It was about a month after the five days to live, Kathy drove herself to church. Listen, the doctors can't be wrong this many times. They can't. They can be wrong once in a while. They can't be wrong this many times. Kathy is back to full health. She was supposed to be dead a year and a month ago. She drove herself to Florida this winter, guys. I know people who haven't had the five-day death sentence not drive themselves to Florida. She drove herself to Florida and back in her little car. Completely healed. Completely healed. Completely healed. When we testify about what God has done, we're prophesying about what he will do. And so as we've just talked about all of these things and all of these healings that have gone on in the church in the past two years, believe that God is about to do something amazing because he will. He's ready. God's no respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for another. What he did once, he'll do again. He is immutable. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 1 through 25. I'm going to read portions of this quite fast. So stay with me. I'm going to read the whole chapter. And those are the verses that I want to key in on. But we're going to read the whole chapter, starting in verse 1. Now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes, and these are the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you. Commandments. A commandment is... Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. That's a commandment. Statutes are more about the way God thinks. I like mercy and I like obedience better than sacrifice. These are the statutes of the Lord, okay? So there's a difference here between the commandments do this, don't do that, and the statutes. I like mercy, I like grace. I like obedience. These are just, you're getting to know the way that God thinks. And the judgments. What has God judged and how does he judge? Which the Lord God has commanded you to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all of his statutes and all of his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all of the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged, Therefore hear O Israel and be careful to observe it that it may be well with you and that you and that you may multiply as the Lord uh, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God has promised your fathers a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4 Hear O Israel the Lord the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul with all of your strength and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk about them when you sit in your house. That's the family dinner table. And you shall talk about them when you walk upon the way. That's when you're riding in the car. And you shall uh, talk about them when you lie down. Go to bed. And you shall talk about them when you rise up. Get out of bed. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you, you... you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on the gate. Basically, put these commandments everywhere you go and memorize them until they're like written on your eyelids. Write them on your eyelids. So it shall be when the Lord God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a large and beautiful cities which you did not build, Houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. Come on. This is sounding good. I'm getting stuff that I didn't have to work for. that you did not plant when you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Here's the warning. Before they ever even entered the promised land, don't forget the Lord your God. Why? Because blessing has a tendency to make one weak, to make one forget. And so how do we remember You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and you shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after the other gods, the gods of the people who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord, his testimonies. We, we remember the Lord and we remember what he's done and it gives us strength so that blessings don't become times where it makes us weak. All throughout history, wise men, John Steinbeck, Plato, all these others have said the same thing. That weak times, I'm sorry, weak, yes, weak, uh, bad times create strong men. Strong men create good times and good times make weak men. John Steinbeck said, America now faces the, the, the one impediment that has been uh, disastrous to every other civilized society throughout human history. Success, plenty, and ever-increasing leisure. No dynamic people group has ever survived this. No one. Why? Because good times make people weak. causes us to tend to forget about the Lord. But if we remember his testimonies, if we remember his commandments, what has the Lord done in your life? What has he done? You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord. You shall diligently keep his testimonies. You shall diligently keep his statutes which he has commanded you. Yep, that one's up, that's up there. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it may be well with you and that you may go in and possess the good of the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to cast out all of your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commended you? Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe against Egypt, against Pharaoh and all of his household. Then he brought us up out of there that he might bring us and give us a land which he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded to observe all his statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Then it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe these commands before the Lord our God as he commanded us. Keep the testimonies. What has God done in your life? What was, what's, how many of us have made it a regular practice? You don't have to raise your hands. How many of us have made it a regular practice to talk to our children about what God has done in our life? It says, keep the testimonies. Tell them to your children and to your children's children. How many of you had parents? I'm not blaming us. How many of us had parents who told us what God did in their lives? How many of us had grandparents who told us what, they, what God did in their lives? It's not something that we, that we see regularly done. But I'll tell you what. It's going to happen in my house. The next time we get together for family dinner, guess what story they're hearing. They're going to hear the story about when my wife's hernia was healed. They're going to hear the story about when God removed the hematomas that I had on my mastoid bones. How do I know that? Because I had a doctor look at them and said, you might have them for the rest of your life. One day we came, there was a word of knowledge, we prayed, they're gone. They're gone. Those hematomas are gone. My mastoid bones are normal. I didn't even know there was such a thing. They're normal. My wife had a hernia, goes to the chiropractor. Chiropractor puts his hand through the stomach wall because the the hernia was so bad. Can it heal? No, you're going to have to have surgery. She goes to one surgeon. Goes to the second surgeon. Finally goes to the third surgeon. The third surgeon finally was able to identify it properly. He says, you have a spigelia hernia. You know what? I'm not feeling led to do this surgery. Who talks like this? (laughs) We We go to a meeting at another church, Light of the World, Latham. And there was some visiting guy there. I don't even know who he was. And there was a healing line. And she went up and she went down. She went up and she went down. She went up to the prayer <laughs> She went up to the healing line, we prayed, she went down in the spirit, she's on the floor. She gets up and she's numb from here down. She goes back to the chiropractor, and she says, "Can you check my hernia?" And he says, "I'm not feeling anything. All I feel is scar tissue. When did you have surgery?" Yeah. About two weeks ago, I went to a prayer meeting, and I was healed. Where's the line from the surgery? God heals. We need to start to tell and talk about what the Lord has done. It doesn't have to just be healing. You know what? God delivered me. God transformed my life. Just tell, you, maybe you've never had a healing, but God's done something in your life. God took you from a terrible state and brought you to a good state. God took you from uh, being in a place of severe trials to being in a place where you have joy every single day, no matter what happens. That's my story the trials were thick. I was stressed, and I found this scripture. James 1, 2, consider it pure joy when you come into various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance so that you may be mature and complete. I like, no good thing. And I said, God, I don't even understand how. I didn't memorize the whole thing at that point. All I knew was consider it pure joy when you come into various trials. And I'm like, God, that doesn't make any sense to me at all, but that's what your word says. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out, and I'm going to do it. God, I don't know why, but your word says that when... These bad things happen. I'm to consider it pure joy. Joy. By faith, joy. I don't feel it yet, God. Joy. joy, joy, joy. Two years later, I'm like, joy. I would have to work hard to remember what it was of all of those trials that caused joy in my life. I would, have to, I would actually have to do some mental gymnastics and be like, well, what was going on? You know, it was around, I I think we were living there when I found the verse and that would have meant that we would have been in this situation. I would have to go through all of these mental gymnastics because I don't remember the trial. Does it say to build a memorial stones for the trials in your life? Is there a scripture in, is there a scripture anywhere in all of the text where it says, Build a memorial stone when you go through a hard time? Does it say to build a memorial stone when God doesn't answer the prayer that you wanted? I don't think there's one scripture. I can't, re- I can't think of one. I have asked several people. They can't tell me where there's any. God doesn't say, build a memorial stone and remember every bad thing that happened. But this is what we do. <laughs> what a... What do we fill our words with? Ah, uh, you know, ah, uh, eh, this one died, that one passed. This one, this one's sick, that one's sick. Oh, this one got healed and that one got healed. This one's alive and that one's alive. Come on. That one went on to heaven, but this one's alive. We can choose. I'm especially reminded of the testimony in, um, in Kathy's story. And here's why. Shortly after, shortly after we started to see healings, we had seen some pretty crazy stuff. The, the pacemaker thing was wild. Lump on the back, crazy stuff. There was a young man in his 30s, two, two young kids, elementary school age, had serious brain cancer and didn't have long to live. And the, his church had been praying for him. They believe in healing too. And, but because word had gotten out, and people had heard that there was healings here. Someone said, hey, can you come and pray? And I said, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what, I don't know what God will do, but I'll do it. I'll go. I want to go. I have to be obedient to the Lord. I absolutely believe that I'm going to do that. We're going to do this. And I absolutely believe by faith that God's going to heal this man. Went and we prayed. Two weeks later, passed away. I don't tell that story often. Why? that's not a testimony of the Lord. It's the reality. I just choose to remember when God has healed. I can't explain to you why God didn't heal this young man. I don't know. I don't have the answer. It's not that God didn't want to. It's not that I don't know what it is. And I'm not going to come up and I'm not going to make a reason for something that didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen. I could stand up here and move with conjecture all day, but all I do when I do that is I defame the name of the Lord and I ruin people's faith. And so I don't remember what didn't happen. Not once in scripture does God say to ever build a testimony or a memorial or anything to remember what didn't happen. It's not there. Build a memorial for that one time when God really lets you down. That's not in Scripture. But we do. I have a prayer list on my phone. I told you I have testimonies. I have a prayer list. Prayer list isn't testimonies. Testimonies is just things that happen. Prayer list is things that I specifically was praying for. It's... It's pretty long. I I actually just added a whole bunch because God answered so many things on here. I'm like, well, I mean, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't add more stuff. I counted, before I added, I counted, there were 30 items on my prayer list. Of the 30, 24 of them got answered exactly the way that I wanted them to. Two of them happened opposite of what I wanted. I left them there because there's still an opportunity for a couple of them, but I want to remember. And then the other three or four hadn't gotten answered yet one way or the other. And I'm like, man, 24 out of 30? Why aren't I making this list a lot longer? I can have whatever I'm asking for. Apparently, this is how it works. So I made my, pr- I just added, like, I don't, I don't know, I'd have to count, but there's a bunch down here at the bottom I'm looking, I'm thinking there's like eight more things. I just added eight more things. Why? Because I'm going to pray for those things. And I don't pray for my prayer list every day. I pray for my prayer list maybe once a week, sometimes twice a week. Uh, this is a prayer list that's separate from any of the prayers that you put down on your prayer card. Your, these prayer cards are in a different place. This is my personal prayer list. Things on here, praying for a spouse for my daughter. That's answered. That's answered. Praying for a great wedding, that's answered. Praying for this, that's answered. Praying for that, that's answered. That's answered, that's answered. Man, I got to get to adding into this list. Come on. <laughs> I'm telling you. When, I want to encourage you all. Go home, make a prayer list. Write down some things and start to pray for them. And then just start checking off when God answers them. He's a God who answers prayers. The Bible says, if you need anything, ask God. We have lack in our life due to prayerlessness. There's lack in your life because you haven't asked God. There's lack in your life because you haven't asked God. Bible says ask ask and then Jesus says my father wants to answer and give you all of these things and he wants to give you this fruit that will remain by this by this my father is glorified God's glorified when we give answers to prayers praise God I've been praying for it it happened he's glorified Oh, sign me up. This is the best deal ever. And y'all not praying. I don't get it. All right. I Okay. Glory to God. Make a prayer list. Start checking stuff off. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 11. All right, we're going to wrap this up quick. Glory to God. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Give ear my people to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, telling the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. We will tell the generation to come what God has done. Maybe you're not sure what God has done in your life. Go home and write it down. Go home and figure it out. Go home and just spend some time. Because we all have a testimony. We all have a testimony. God has done something in every single one of our lives. I can tell you where he brought me from. I was prideful, I was arrogant, I was full of myself, and he delivered me from all of that. My life was set on a course for destruction. And God delivered me and He saved me. And now He's blessed my life and He's added blessing upon blessing upon blessing. I'm I'm the most blessed man I know, and it has nothing to do with anything that I possess but it has to do with the fact that my children are around me and and they're serving God, even if they're not in this house. And I've got so many wonderful comrades in the Lord that run with me. And the presence of the Lord is never far from me. And the blessing of the Lord is overtaking me even as we speak. I can't even can the tomatoes fast enough out of my garden. Praise the Lord. Verse 5, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare to them, to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. And when we remember the works of God, we keep his commandments. But they would keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its hearts aright, whose father was not faithful to God. Verse 9, the children of, of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They're carrying bows. That means they're archers. That means that they're going to shoot from a long way off. They don't really have to get into the fray. But they turned back in the day of battle. Why? Not verse 10, they did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. Why do we stop doing what, the, what God has asked us to do? Verse 11, they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. God does miraculous stuff. He does wonderful things. And we forget. We forget to tell them. The Bible tells us to keep the. It tells us to keep the, uh, keep the keep the feast, right? Why do we celebrate Passover? Why do we celebrate? We don't celebrate it, but why do people celebrate Feast of Tabernacles? Why do we celebrate um, uh, all these different holidays? It's we celebrate so that we can remember what the Lord has done. We don't celebrate Christmas so that we can get gifts and put a tree in our house. We celebrate Christmas because we remember that Jesus Christ came to earth. God himself sent his son as a child. We do it to remember what God has done. Why do we celebrate Easter? Not so we can get a bunch of candy in a basket. We celebrate it because we remember Jesus' death on the cross and the fact that he brought resurrection power to us all. We do these things to remember, to remember, so that we would remember. Remember what the Lord has done. 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 done. He's done marvelous things in our day. Joshua chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe, and Joshua said to him, Cross over before the Ark of the Lord. By the way, Ark of the Lord is very often referred to as the Ark of Testimony. It's what God's done. Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of Israel. That this hold up, wait up that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in the time to come, saying, what do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them that, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. So Joshua and the Israelites, they're wandering around the, the the desert for 40 years, and God says, "Hey, it's time to cross over the Jordan River and go in and take the promised Land." When you go, when the priests step into the water, the water's going to stop. The river, which is flowing at high tide, it's going to stop. The water's going to be cut off. This river, the Hudson River, it's just going to stop, and you're going to walk across as on dry ground. Wait, what? Yeah. And when you do, here's what I want you to do. I want the 12 of you, heads of the tribes, I want you to each take a stone because when we cross over, we're going to build a memorial over there so that you can remember forever what God does this day. Some of us need to build a memorial so that we can remember what God has done. Maybe it's this day. Maybe it's a different day. Maybe it's tomorrow. But God's about to do something extraordinary in your life. And we need to build memorials. We need to be a people who build memorials and we remember. And when our children look at the stones, when they look at the memorial, we can say, God did this for us. God did this for you. Because there's power in the testimony. And when we testify about what God has done, we're prophesying about what he's going to do. Joshua 24, 29, now it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died being 110 years old and they buried him within the border of of the inheritance of Timnah, Sarah, which is in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. Israel served the Lord all of the days of Joshua and all of the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had known All of the works of the Lord had done for Israel. If you're familiar with scripture, what happens after the book of Joshua is the book of Judges. And it says in the book of Judges that each man did what was right in his own eyes. Basically, they departed from following after the commandments of the Lord. Why? Because Joshua was a man who had seen the miraculous works of God. And the elders who stood with Joshua were men who were leaders who saw the miraculous works of God. You lead differently when you've seen the miraculous works. You're going to have a different passion and a different walk and a different canter about you when you've seen the works of the Lord. Tell the works of the Lord to your children and to your children's children. But what happened in the next generation is that at some point and some way they forgot to share the testimonies. And then each man did what was right in his own eyes, and they departed from the Lord. We need to be a people who tell our children what God has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. We need to become storytellers. You may not be a good storyteller. Write it down. Write it down. Reword it. Rewrite it. Third copy. Fourth copy. Give it to a friend. Say, hey, listen, this is my testimony. Read it over. Tell me what you think. Trash. Start again. Why? Because we need to be good storytellers. We need to be able to tell a story that's captivating so that people will listen and people will hear because the power of a testimony has the power to transform someone's life and we've stopped telling the stories. Amen. We need to get back to telling the stories. People call me a storyteller. I'm like, great, that's good. I like that. I'm a joke teller too. You gotta, you gotta be a good joke teller because you, you gotta present the punchline just right. Stories are the same way. You gotta not give too much information away all at once. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 26. Jesus said, for I received from the Lord, Paul says, uh, this, these are the words of Jesus. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same, these are the words of Paul, sorry. That the Lord Jesus on the same night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given it, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take and eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this, what? In remembrance of me. Every time you take the bread, every time you take the cup, we're to remember the Lord's death until he comes. We're to remember his sacrifice. We're to remember his victory. We're to remember that on the third day, he rose again. We're to remember that death couldn't keep him down. No grave was going to keep his body. You will not allow your anointed one to see corruption. He's going to call him out of that grave. Jesus was called out of that grave that third day. The stone couldn't hold him back. The love of God couldn't hold back. Jesus coming out of that grave. When we eat the bread, when we drink the cup, this is what we remember. This is the blood, in my, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. It's about what Jesus did. We remember what he did. What did he do? He saved me. He saved me. If God never did another thing, he saved me. He saved me. He saved me. If God never did another thing, he saved me. He saved me. He saved me. What has God done in your life? What has God done? You know, I think that there's probably more stories out here that are far more miraculous than mine I was talking to my son-in-law Pedro not long ago and um, he told me a story that I'd never heard before him and his mom and his little sister were walking uh, through the streets of Boston his his sister was like two or three years old real young 18 months I get numbers wrong sometimes some of the details but it'll make more sense being that she was 18 months old. They're walking through the streets of Boston, Fall River, where's where they were living. It's outside of Boston. And they were walking down the street, and it was snowy, and it was stormy. And as they were walking, her, his sister slipped on the sidewalk and fell. And when she fell, she fell into the street, and there was a storm gutter there, and she fell into the storm gutter, and she fell down into the water. Because it was a warm day and the snow was melting and so she's in the water. But it's still frozen around the grate. And as soon as she fell in, Pedro's mom screamed. I might be telling the the story a little wrong, but Pedro's not here to tell it for me today. She fell into the water. And as soon as she fell into the water, Pedro's mom screamed for help. And men came over and fought with all of their might to open up the grate. And it took them about 10 minutes to get the ice chipped away so that they could pull the grate out. They, they go down into the hole, and they pull her lifeless body from the water, which has been in the water for 10 minutes. They begin CPR on her little 18-month-old body. And after 10 minutes, they be, come to a point where they're ready to give up, and her mom begins to pray lets out this cry that only a mother can cry. And the daughter comes back to life. The daughter comes back to life. She was dead. She was raised from the dead. Raised from the dead, 18 months old. Sometimes God gives us something to pray that we're to pray for, and we make the mistake of running around and telling everything, everybody else what it is that's going on. I got a couple amens. Sometimes God's given us a passion and a fire to pray for something, and rather than go in our prayer closet and get down on our knees and pray with the passion, we go running around and say, hey, this is going on, hey, this is going on, hey, this is going on, and by the time we're done, we have no passion left to pray. Because we spend all our passion telling everybody else when God wanted you to just pray. Sometimes we just need to get passionate about our prayer. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You need to be fervent in your prayers. One of the greatest challenges that I have as a pastor is that when the prayer comes across my desk is to be fervent about the prayer, to be passionate about the prayer. Are you passionate about what you're praying? Do you spend too much time telling someone else? Hey, this is going, that mother, Pedro's mom, she was passionate about that prayer. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. She was brought back from the dead. I heard another story, very similar, very similar. I don't remember much of the details, but the child died and it was the mother's prayer brought the child back to life. I don't know that that many of us have an understanding of what that prayer is like the fervency of that prayer, the passion in that prayer. What has God done in your life? That's an awesome testimony. It's not even my testimony, but I'm gonna tell it because it's amazing. What has God done in your life? Maybe you need to go back and sit and remember. Maybe you need to go and write it down. Remember what God has done in your life and then tell somebody. Start telling somebody. Start telling somebody and then start telling everybody. Because we all need to remember what God has done. We all need to know what God has done. We need to continually remind ourselves, what has God done? Share the testimony. Be sure to share the testimony. Continue to talk about what God has done in your life. Share your testimony. Next week, we're having Back to Church Sunday. I want you to invite everyone you know. God's doing amazing things here at Redeeming Love. I don't, know, I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. I don't know how it all works out or why or when, but God is doing amazing things, and it's worth showing up just to see what he's gonna do next Sunday. Invite someone. Take those invite cards that we gave out last week. There's a few more in the basket in the back. Hand out every invite card you got. Invite someone to church. It, they say that it takes seven invites in order for somebody to come to church. Just start inviting everybody, everyone you know. Hey, you you need to come to church. You need to come to church. You need to come to church. You got to see what God's doing because it's fantastic. Something's going on. It's really awesome. People that have been away from church for a while, maybe people that, you know, have never been to church before, anyone, friends, family, anyone, get them here. testimony of the Lord has power. What God has done, God will do. And so I just want to take and I want to pray right now. If you're here and you have any need, if anything that I've said has sparked in you something and you say, that's for me, I need that, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet where you're at and we're going to pray. Something I've shared, said, I have a need you have a need. It may not even resemble anything that I've talked about. Stand to your feet. I'm just going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to see God move in miraculous ways. God's done miracles before. God will do miracles again, and we're going to be the beneficiaries of it. We're going to see the answers to prayer. What do you need from the Lord? You're standing Shows us, shows me, shows God that you have a need. You have something that you're asking God for. And so if you have anything that you're asking God for, stand to your feet. We're just going to pray. We're going we're to release faith and God's going to show up. He's going to give us the answers to the prayers that we prayed, that he might be glorified. Father, right now in Jesus' name, you see every need represented across this room by every person that's standing. And Father God, we pray right now that you would just release faith, that you would release faith for every need in Jesus' name. God, that you would bring healing where there needs to be healing, physical healing where there needs to be healing, emotional healing where there needs to be emotional healing. God, we pray for miracles, signs, and wonders to break out all across this room. God, I pray for release of finances where finances are needed in Jesus' name. God, I pray for healings of families where healings of families are needed in Jesus name. God, I pray for uh, resurrection power where there's resurrection power needed in Jesus name. God, I pray for complete and total health where there's sickness in Jesus name. All sickness go in Jesus name. God, I pray for encouragement where encouragement is needed right now in Jesus name. God, I pray for every need to be met right now in Jesus name. Healing in Jesus' name. Restoration in Jesus' name. Blessing beyond measure right now in Jesus' name. God, come and do what only you can do all across this room, all across this room, all across this room. Move in Jesus' name. Move in Jesus' name. Move in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. 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 I hope to see you guys all at the Back to Church Bash next week. Invite a friend or two or three or five or ten or just invite your whole neighborhood. Get them here. We'd love to feed them. We'd love to talk to them. We'd love to meet them. Uh, Elizabeth, come on up. Receive the offering this morning.